0: 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, we read, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so... We will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. This is the true word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your words, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so the Apostle Paul could bring some words of encouragement and reassurance to people who had questions in the city of Thessalonica. Thank you, Father, that we can still search your word because we still have questions, and we should have questions. And Father, in your word, you show us Jesus. You give us a confidence and an encouragement and a hope that, that nothing needs to snatch away from us. So open our minds, our hearts, our voices, our homes to your word. And show us Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. You know, it's not always easy to wait. There was a dad who was taking care of the newborn. The mom was out, probably running some errands. And the baby was peacefully sleeping in the bassinet, truly a blessed time. And after some nights with insufficient sleep, the dad was drifting off on the couch. You know it couldn't last, so all of a sudden the baby woke up. And right away, the baby noticed that there was this scary, icky feeling right in the middle of his little body. The baby panicked and cried to let everybody know about it. Just to reassure you in advance, that icky feeling was hunger. The dad, of course, was suddenly awake. So he checked on the baby. Then he figured it out. He hurried to the kitchen to get a bottle ready. As fast as he could, he put some white powder into the bottle, added some water, shook it up. Then he realized if he'd had any sense, he should have put some water on the burner first in a small pan and started heating that up. But anyway, now he did that. It would only be a minute or two later. So the dad went back to check on the baby who was loudly demanding to know why his dad was failing to make those icky feelings go away. I mean, didn't daddy care at all? Well, back in the kitchen, the dad checked on the bottle. Now it was too warm. So he turned on the cold water, tried to cool it off under the water. Finally, the temperature was, well, close enough. Not too hot, not too cold. So Finally, Daddy rushed back to pick up the baby, sat down on the couch, tried not to get too rattled by the expression on the baby's face, and got the bottle up to the baby's mouth. Slowly, the baby started to relax as that icky feeling started to go away. And the facial expression changed from dismay at Daddy's seeming betrayal over to one of love and appreciation. And daddy was encouraged to see that content face now and hear those content sounds. It's not easy for any of us to wait patiently and confidently. And over time, over the, the coming weeks and years, um, that newborn learned that daddy could actually be trusted to make that icky feeling go away. We're adults. We still need that encouragement to trust God. So, in verse 18, Paul wrote to the congregation in the Greek city of Thessalonica, therefore encourage each other with these words. They needed encouragement. People there in that congregation were troubled. They were concerned. And this is the reason. They had been waiting for Jesus to return, just as he'd promised, but that hadn't happened yet. Now, they were worrying about people who had already died before Jesus had returned. They were afraid that they might miss out, that they would not be saved. Paul wrote to reassure them. Yes, they could still grieve, but without that extra burden of fearing that their loved ones would miss out on Jesus. Because in reality, the people that they loved were not dead in Christ. They trusted Jesus. Their souls were safe while their bodies were only sleeping. And when Jesus would return, they will be raised first. And those believers who are still living on earth at that time will be raised with them to meet them in the air So all the believers are together with Jesus. Jesus knows them. And Jesus saves. So do not be discouraged. But do encourage each other with words like this. Encourage each other with the Word of God. His Word is so much more reassuring. Because with the Word of God, we have more than just platitudes without any foundation we have more than just happy thoughts we have more than just wishful thinking we have more than just saying anything to try to make somebody feel better we have the word of God the word is living and active it's powerful it's trustworthy it is true and it's real because these words are God's words He knows, and he wants us to know. So, would the believers in Thessalonica trust God's word above their fears? You know, we're human. We live in this world. Patience and trust can be a hard thing to hold on to. Abraham and Sarah, they waited for decades for the son that God had promised to them. They tried to rush the promise on their own. But Isaac was born. Even though dad was 100 and mom was 90, Isaac was born and it was the right time for that. And Sarah could laugh with joy. Look in the Bible, Joseph waited so long for God to set him free from prison. And at just the right time, He was put in a position where he could save the lives of his family. At that right time, he was released from prison and put in charge of gathering enough food to get Egypt through seven years of famine and his family through those seven years. Later on, God's people were slaves, and they waited and waited for God to send them a deliverer. We're looking back. We know what God did. God sent them Moses to go and confront Pharaoh, and to lead God's people toward home. For centuries, people waited for the Messiah. And at just the right time, he was born in Bethlehem. Right now, in this very moment, God's people wait for the Savior to arrive again. God promised. And at just the right time, Jesus will. Sometimes God provides words to encourage people to trust Him. At other times, God God's word is an encouragement for us to repent. Over in our lectionary, we looked at the, a passage in in Amos in the Old Testament. And we find there God sent the prophet Amos to confront the people that they should not be looking forward to the day of the Lord, the day when God would appear, because it would be a day of darkness, not of light. He said it would be like fleeing from a lion and then running into a bear. It would be like leaning against a wall at home and getting bit by a snake. Why should they fear like that? It was because they were going through all the motions of faith at the same time not living it. They were still oppressing people, still taking advantage of the weak and the vulnerable and needy. And God sent Amos to tell them to repent. But that's our human nature. We need both that urge, that, that encouragement to repent and that encouragement to trust. We need a word from God of warning, and a word of hope. We need that word of the law to confront our sin and confront our hypocrisy, and even more, we need a word of the gospel to turn us to Christ and to that hope and assurance that we have in him. So while we're waiting, we remember that God is still on his throne and there is nothing that we can do or anything that the universe can do that's gonna remove him from that throne. He has been with His people through all of the hard things. He's been with them and seen them through pandemics and plagues, through political feuding, through wars, through all of those times when people are celebrating our sins, through persecutions, through inhuman attacks from, from terrorists who murder and rape and kidnap, through all the worst of humanity but he doesn't leave us there. He sees us into the very, very best that God, provide, that God provides. And you know, one of the things that is, and they in this time of waiting, that is amazing about him is he does hear and has heard the heartfelt repentance of some really bad sinners. And he's forgiven them. He's changed their lives. He's watched over some very hardened persecutors, who's made lives miserable for God's people, and yet he's turned them to himself, like Paul. So God has known every kingdom as it's risen, every kingdom as it's fallen, and the word of God still stands. God has warned his people. He's also made a promise to Adam and to Eve A promise to Noah, a promise to Abraham, a promise to Moses, and a promise to you. And he stands by that word. Through it all, God has been leading his people toward home. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. So in the meantime, while we wait, you don't just sit around. I know that I've run across some people and they just think that they can just sit safely and just watch everything go by. But while we're waiting, God calls us to be be living his kind of life. While we wait, be good to your family. Work hard. Vote wisely and prayerfully. Take care of your family. Be good stewards of creation. Pray and pray for peace and for freedom. Stand firm against evil. Serve your neighbor with compassion, with humility, whether they live next door to you or they are on the other side of the planet. Through it all, trust God and repent of your sins. Encourage each other for this life and for eternity. Because if this world is all that there is, and we forget that there's so much more, it's hard to be encouraged. Look around. There's always something going wrong. There's always something discouraging and disheartening. There's always some bad news. But there is good news, and it is so much more. God promised a Messiah. He arrived. He gave his life in order to conquer death for us. He rose so that we can rise to life. He will arrive again. You will see him. And in that moment, all the plagues will end. The fights will end. The wars and the terror will end. The fear will end. Death will end. You'll never see any of that ever again. And there will be only life for everyone who trusts Him. And that future with Christ encourages us to stand firm and to help each other so we're ready for whenever He does return. I know in our reading schedule that we have over there, we have Matthew chapter 25. And this is a passage about waiting with with assurance. Because here in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talks about a bride and her friends as they're waiting for the bridegroom, just like we're waiting for the Savior right now. So the bridal party is waiting, and that was a big part of Jewish wedding customs. This was a big deal. So they would traditionally wait at the house where the bride and the groom would have their home, and they'd wait there while the groom was on the way. It was important to stay awake until the groom arrived. He wouldn't want to sleep through something like that. It's almost as bad as the groom saying asleep and missing his wedding. But in the parable, there were some who did wait but were not ready for his arrival. Notice all ten of them had fallen asleep. Half of them had not brought enough oil for their lamps. So, what's Jesus trying to say? If you're waiting for Jesus, stay awake and alert, ready to pray, ready to serve. Fill up, but not with oil. Fill yourself with his word and with forgiveness and with trust, because we will want to be alert and ready. Where would we be without that assurance? I was reading um, some of the things I read. And I was reading about a time when the Roman Empire tried to destroy the Jews in the year 70. They did destroy the city of Jerusalem. They did force most of the Jews to leave. And there was a man who was there during the time that was following that, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And he did so much in that time to keep the Jewish people going, even after the loss of their homeland and the loss of their temple. So, but even this very impressive and influential man wrote words that I think are heartbreaking, just as the end of his life was approaching. This is what he wrote. Now I am being led before the Supreme, King of kings, the Holy One, Blessed be he who lives and endures forever and ever. If he is angry with me, he is angry forever. If he imprisons me, I am imprisoned forever. If he puts me to death, he puts me to death forever. I can't persuade him with words or bribe him with money. Moreover, there are two ways ahead of me. One leads to Gan Eden, okay, guard, literally Garden of Eden, paradise. And the other to Gehinnom. Okay, the Hinnom Valley was uh, just on the south side of Jerusalem. That's where they had ceremonies to sacrifice little babies to Malach and Chemosh and those fake gods. So there are two ways ahead of me. One leads to, Ge- um, to Gan Eden and the other to Gehinnom and I do not know which one will take me. How can I do anything but weep? It's heartbreaking because he did not have to stay there. He did not need to weep. He did not need to fear. Instead, he could trust the Messiah. He could have the assurance and the peace that he would always be with the Lord. You and I, Do not wait alone. While we wait, encourage each other with God's word. While we wait, encourage each other to repent and to know that their sins and our sins have been taken by Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, into death and left there. Encourage each other to forgive. And to realize and to be thankful that the sins that those other people have committed against us have been taken by Christ too. Encourage each other to seek the scripture or to search the scriptures and to rely on the word of God. Encourage each other to stand firm in the faith and to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Encourage each other to be of service to each other, not for the reward of it, but simply do it out of love for a neighbor. Encourage each other with the assurance that because Jesus lives, we will also live. And with our eyes, we will see God. And that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us, for all of his people, in God's own home. Encourage each other that we have a Father in heaven who loves us. We have a savior in Jesus, who shed his blood to save us. We have a helper in the Holy Spirit. We have an almighty God. In his eyes, nobody is a nobody to him. So for now, while we're waiting, we know that Jesus is going to return our savior. And for everyone who trusts him, that is going to be a wonderful day. We wait, making the most of the time that God gives to us. And yes, we're waiting, and sometimes that can be as hard as a newborn, urgently having to wait for dad to finally get that bottle ready. To be honest, I haven't grown up that much. I get pretty impatient with God. But encourage each other while we wait. Because once again, as he has before, at just the perfect time, God will fulfill his promise. So while we wait, serve the Lord. Be a blessing to each other. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to see you. We want to see Jesus face to face. We want to be able to see what the Holy Spirit is doing. We want to see people who love you in a place of perfect peace and perfect joy and perfect health and perfect comfort. Yes, Lord, that's going to be a wonderful day. And Father, while we're here, you've given us a purpose and a meaning, a reason to be here. So help us to serve you and to serve each other to humbly care for each other, love each other, have compassion for each other. Continue, Father, to encourage us, to repent and encourage us to know that we're forgiven and that we have a solid reason for hope in you. Show us Jesus and help us to show others Jesus, the Savior who saves. Thank you, Lord. All of these things, so much more, we pray to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, the only Savior. Amen.